You're listening to locally produced programming created in KUNV Studios on public radio, KUNV 91.5. You're listening to special programming sponsored by Making Moves Life Coaching Services. The content of this program does not reflect the views or opinions of 91.5 Jazz and More, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, or the Board of Regents of the Nevada System of Higher Education. Good morning, Las Vegas. This is Adventures for Fairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and More. I'm Dave Washington, your host. have a couple of guests that we'll have on shortly. Uh, Andre Harris is one, and Camila Bywaters will be our second caller in today. This is a, a show that we try to talk about a few things that are going on in the community. In particular, I like to wish people well on their birthdays. And as I mentioned last week, and I'll do it again, our Eldest daughter, April's birthday is this month. Happy birthday, April. I forget uh, how many years it is, and I'm sure you don't want me to say it over the air anyway. Also, uh, condolences, I'd like to just mention again that we lost a number of uh, community folks that have done tremendous work in our community. One, a tremendous athlete, Larry Phillips Services, was just uh, a few weeks ago. And recently, uh, Miss Johnny Harris, Miss Elizabeth, Elizabeth Harris, that's uh, Mujahid Ramadan, formerly Ed Turner's mom. She was 105, we're told, and still in control of her faculty, so that is a God-given blessing. And then Miss Gertrude, and we call her Bird Harris, recently passed away, and her services are, 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 are pending. And then I want to say uh, again about Cotis Simmons, firefighter of 31-plus years with Las Vegas Fire and Rescue, and I want to say this about his children, Stacy and Christopher. Christopher in particular. When Codis was down, his sister Stacy was down, my family and I, we talked to Chris a couple of different times. And we just kept letting him know, man, that as they say, God will put no more on you than you can handle. And he did a yeoman's job. I mean, there was things that this young man... I'm sure had to do that he had no thoughts that this would ever enter to the path of his life, but he did a tremendous job. And I just wanted to salute you again, Chris. Uh, continue to seek God's blessings, man, because he's going to bless you more than you'll ever know because of the way you took care of your dad you and sister at the time that she was down. So God bless you both. With that, we're going to have our first guest, uh, Andre Harris. How you doing, Andre? I'm doing well. I am doing well, Mr. Dave Washington. I am loving life. All right. Wonderful, wonderful. As always, particularly when I have veterans on the show, I like to them to give an indication to our audience of what branch and how long did you serve? I was in the United States Navy, and I served for 31 years. 31 years. And what was your rank? My rank is called CS, a culinary specialist. Uh, when I came in in 88, it was called mess management specialist. That's food service. And then it carries over to the Department of Supply. So mm -hmm. we supply 
Okay. And what was your, your rank uh, starting out and then as you finished up? I started out in 88 as an E1, and I finished as an E9 in 2019. E9. Now, tell the listening audience, I, again, the civilians out there, they don't know what an E9 is. Uh, an E9 is Master Chief Petty Officer. <laughs> a Master Chief Petty Officer's middle management, and uh, we run our departments. Uh, my department of food service mm-hmm. is between five to 800 people. But I love the the supply department, Mm -hmm. and that's middle management. So you have a good 15, 25 people to work for you, and then they'll help you manage the load. Okay. And where are you from? I am from Kansas City, Missouri, born and raised. Born and raised. How did you decide to to make it to Las Vegas to move here and have it as your home? Well, one, I can tell you the cost of living, <laughs> the white <laughs> was in was uh, was uh, highly impressed when we saw the cost of living of Nevada versus California. So mm-hmm. that was one. Okay. And then the second reason, of course, is that Nevada don't touch don't touch my pension. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to move here to Las Vegas. The wife and I had visited so many times and we loved it. And uh, we made that our choice in 2019. 2019. So cost of living, is there any other indicators of why you love this valley or appreciate it? Well, I've met so many great people such as yourself and many others. Uh, been a God-fearing man. I've met many Christians here in the area and just to hear what they're trying to do and what they want to do. And it just excites me to be doing just that. And of course, our kids are grown. So that lets the wife and I have a little time to ourselves here in Las Vegas. <laughs> so how many children do you guys have? We have two girls, uh-huh. Tiara and Shaw Day, 29 so, and 27. Okay. So what are they doing today? They followed their mom's path. Mm-hmm. They didn't follow dad's path and join the military. They followed mom's path and got into the medical field. So my wife and daughters work in the medical field at the VA hospital. Oh, at the VA hospital. So any any suggestions that you would give one? Because we do have a number of veterans that v- listen to the show, and this is Veterans Affairs Plus. Um, considering your wife... And maybe I should get her on the air sometime. Uh, anything that you can share with folks out there, again, particularly veterans, as it relates to the Veterans Hospital? Well, what I like about the Veterans Hospital is that there are many veterans that work there, mm-hmm. right? They're not all civilians or spouses or daughters or, or whatnot, but they're those who have served. And I think that is crucial. I think that is key. They have served. So they take a little more, I would say, a responsibility and care and love to to really seek you and to help you uh, get the help that you need. Mm. Um, it 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 shows a different respect in taking care of your own, as we would say in the military. Mm-hmm. And that's what I like about it. They really have the concern and compassion of my care and my family's care, and I and I really enjoy that. So your your daughters, they actually work for VA as well, or right. then oh okay. Wow, that's pretty interesting. Yes, it's a blessing. Yes, it is. It is a blessing. Matter of fact, that was one of my prayers that got answered, brother. Uh-huh. I said I desire my children 
to be in a career field, whether it's military or the medical field with their mom by the time I retire. Well, they may be happy with that. <laughs> excellent, excellent. So what do you do in your your spare time? Is there any particular thing that you like to involve yourself in? And how you said you did 30, how many years? 30 what? Was it? 31 years. 31 years, okay. 31 years. Cool. 31 years, and I... I love the community work. I love work with youth. I love work with the elderly. That's something that's always been in my mind. I work with the homeless. It's always been in my heart and, and soul, if I can tell you that. Uh, I am a ordained minister. Um, mm. I've been in church since I was 16. I've been pastoring since 21. Uh, I actually do a little ministry work here. We're working on Andre Harris Ministries Incorporation. We're getting all our paperwork and things taken care of. Mm-hmm. But I like to give back to the community. And uh, that that's my heart. That's that's my love. And that's what I participate in. So you got any particular groups that you work with now, particularly as it relates to uh, homeless vets or anything like that? Well, usually we're, we're down um, at one of the youth centers down there as as one of the homeless shelters down mm-hmm. in Las Vegas. I uh, can't recall the name right now, but, but we've been working with them for about two years now. I like to go down there and do different things with them as as long as uh, uh, they allow us to, we can go down there and we can do things with them and feed them. And uh, we give our toiletry kits and things like that and blankets. Mm-hmm. Uh, my fraternity, which is Capital Lambda Chi Military Fraternity, mm-hmm. uh, we're here in the area. It's about seven of us. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I say, it's a military fraternity, so it's all branches of the military of men. Uh, we have uh, got together and done some things down there and just trying to do some more. Well, I, w- I wasn't familiar with any uh, military-type fraternity, so give us a little bit more depth on that, if you would. Yes, Capital and the Kai Military Fraternity, it was birthed out of three officers, mm-hmm. three officers uh, that were Army, two were Army, one was Air Force. They started this brotherhood, because mm-hmm. it's something that uh, that a lot of fraternities or, should I say, organizations of men, because that's the goal, the mm-hmm. men— that's coming out of the military, what what can we offer men that's coming out of the military or the men that are active or, the, or in reserve? How do we relate to them and help and support them and their families? So that's where the name came from, Kaplanda Kai Military Fraternity Incorporated. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been established since 2019, July 4, 20, I mean 2013. So we've uh, been trying to do different things in that area. Uh, uh, 2003, I'm sorry, but uh, we've been trying to work in that area and anywhere there's active or reserve or or um, bases in the military that is located, we try to have people in each location. So there are people actually on Nellis Air Force Base and there's those of us like me that's retired out in the community. We out here doing those type of things and getting people together and uh, I'm excited about that. Absolutely. Now, so again, I'm, this is totally new to me, and I'm just trying to to figure. So, are there others throughout the military type fraternities, or you guys just established this? And is you say it's new in this area? Well, but, yeah, it's new. It's, it's it's new in this area because mm-hmm. we just uh, the seven of us that's here. Mm-hmm. We just moved. Here. Okay. Within the last four years, right? We just moved here. So, Capital and Commander Attorney that was established in 2013 by these three gentlemen who were Air Force and Army. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
there are actually right at this moment, there's actually five military fraternities. Okay. Uh, we know we have the D9 fraternities in our colleges and mm-hmm. our sororities. Right? Mm-hmm. So the military fraternity was established uh, out of Kappa Lambda Chi military fraternity. So there's those who have uh, joined and then left and mm-hmm. started their own. So that's how now there's five uh, military fraternities out there, as well as there are female sororities mm-hmm. out there for the military as well. And they keep their sisterhood going by doing the active things in the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, our goal is to mentor the youth, uh, try to mentor those that are still active, and we try to mentor those that we try to get them to come into the military service. Mm-hmm. So our drive is to show youth about our military lifestyle. Right. So how, how would one uh, make that contact for those veterans who are out there uh, listening to the to the program this morning. Capilano uh, Kai Military Fraternity dot org is our website, and okay. they will be able to go there and uh, log on to there. And then there's ways you can get addresses and contact numbers and different information that is uh, actually listed on there for them to apply mm-hmm. or just to have a mentor to talk with. Okay, uh, that that will take place too. That's what. Uh, our outreach of Lambda Dream comes into place because we give mm-hmm. scholarships and stuff like that as well. We Excellent. we really work with our youth. Okay. All right. Any advice you are, well, I generally don't say advice, any suggestions that you might wish to give to anyone out there listening that may be considering the military as a, as a career field? I would recommend the military to all of our youth, male and female. It helps them find themselves when they're lost and don't Mm -hmm. know what to do Mm -hmm. because it is a career and it's a career with benefits. You learn so much (laughs) and it's all about learning responsibility, learning your self-worth, learning you as an individual, your teamwork. Mm -hmm. And it's very structured. So military helps those that have a little difficult with structure, Mm -hmm. uh, rules and regulations, being on time and things like that. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I would suggest it at all costs. It's a career. You have a job that you may love. Uh, you have medical be- um, benefits, your dental benefits, your housing, mm-hmm. your travel, retirement plan, your GI bill. Even if it's just coming in for four years right. and not doing one year like me, mm-hmm. it's an advantage for you because you can have your college tuition and you can have medical and dental and travel mm-hmm. and get a check and uh, just just give yourself some time to really think right. on what it is you do in life mm-hmm. and who you be. Uh, the military allows you that opportunity uh, without being on the street and homeless. Great. This is Master Sergeant Andre Harris. We appreciate you, young man, for being on the show today. And you shared some, some nice uh, jewels there because, in fact, I, I was not aware of uh, – fraternities, military type fraternities. So thank you for your time and look forward to having you back on the show as you get some of your programs up and running. Appreciate you. Very much. I appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity. All right. Once again, this is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and more. On the other side, we'll have Camila Bywaters.
Good morning once again. This is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and More. I am Dave Washington, your host. And, you know, when I have a relative on, I always like to give that disclosure. Miss Camila Bywaters, she is my cousin. And I guess when you start running the start running things down, I think we will be second or third cousins, third cousins because her grandmother and my mother are sisters. So that makes her mother and me first cousins. And then Camille comes in. So, hey, just giving a little genealogy there. How are you doing this 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 morning? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you. Thank oh. you for having me. How is, How are you doing? I'm doing well. So uh, tell our listening audience a little bit about yourself. Born, raised, uh, school, et cetera. Sure. Um, again, my name is Camila Bywaters. I'm currently the president of the Las Vegas Alliance of Black School Educators. Mm-hmm. And we support um, students and their families with any educational issues or challenges they may, may be having in the Clark County School District and charter schools or private schools. Mm-hmm. Um, I was born and raised in Las Vegas. Um, I attended and graduated from Rancho High School. Um, I attended and graduated from Howard University and the Howard University School of Divinity. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I decided to come back home um, to complete my PhD in education. So now a lot of my work is around education, specifically mm-hmm. um, my degree will be in special education. So you're pursuing the PhD now, you're saying? Yes, that's correct. I have about one more year left. Okay. And then I will be looking to um, work in higher education. Mm-hmm. So what is your particular role right now? Not speaking of Labapsi yet, but in the district. So currently, I don't. I, I, right now, for the Clark County School District, I'm a substitute teacher. Okay. I am a licensed special education teacher. Mm-hmm. And when I first started teaching, I worked in the Clark County School District for about three years. Mm-hmm. And then I went to work in DC public schools for a year. So I'm not a full time teacher. I just, at this time, have decided to support teachers um, as a substitute. Um, on days that I can go and sub and help out. Mm, okay. And president of Labapsi, the Black yes. Alliance of School Educators, that they've been around for a number of years because I recall some of the folks that I used to work with. I, in fact, there was something called Beacon. It was where they would do a graduation ceremony for graduating seniors at one of the, the major churches because there were so many students. And I recall being involved with Miss Eva Simmons, um, Bernard. What was Bernard's last name? Doctor Bernard. Anyway, Hamilton, there was, there, Dr. Hamilton. huh? Doctor Hamilton. Yeah, Bernard Hamilton. Doctor Bernard Hamilton. There was a, a, a number of folks that I worked with. Uh, you know, myself being in the fire service, but yet I know how important education is, and to get our our youth actively involved and have a greater appreciation for education. I'm uh, reading a book right now. It's called Jim Crow's Pink Slip, and it talks mm. about the displacement. Uh, I'll, I'll send it to you because it's something that it shows what was done to black educators up until even the 70s, particularly down south. They were dismissing principals and, and school teachers who were doing a tremendous job but it, that's during a period of time where desegregation was coming into play. And there was a lot of folks saying, oh, we ain't doing that. That ain't going to happen. So 
Uh, they did everything to remove, I mean, people with master's and Ph.D. degrees from from, oh. from the administrative position as well as classroom positions. It is it is something that will have, make your head spin when you when you read it and 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 just know something. And, and these are statistics that were found uh, that that the federal government was keeping as well as state education programs. And I know that there's a number of them that uh, kind of help to govern things going along the path of the, the the career field of education. So, in that capacity. And I, I, I recall seeing you a, a couple months ago where there was a something that was occurring at Faith Lutheran Church that you got quite a bit of airplay addressing those issues at that school. Yes. So um, we did receive a call from some parents mm-hmm. about some some black parents about some challenges that they were having at the Faith Lutheran um, High School. Mm-hmm. Um, we have. In the past, we've um, built, you know, done our best to build a relationship with the leadership there. Right. Um, the parents felt that their issues were not being addressed in regards to the N-word being used in the curriculum. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, used in a very offensive way. Right. We know that there's, there's a controversy around across the nation about the banning of books. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I know that um, there's my literature teachers, they would not agree with the banning of books. However, I do think it's important that we look at the types of books that are being used to portray who Black people are. Mm -hmm. Um, So after um, looking at some of the texts that were sent to Levapsi, we agreed with the parents that um, the use of the N-word was very inappropriate. It didn't, it showed Black people always as inferior in these, in these lessons. So we supported the families and um, gathered up a meeting to mm-hmm. address, um, so that the parents could have an opportunity to address their concerns with the leadership. Right. The leadership seemed to be very open. Um, we're actually still um, doing follow-ups. I mm-hmm. plan to do a follow-up um, before, in the next couple of weeks, mm-hmm. just to ensure that the parents have you know, that they're satisfied and that the school is doing what they said they would do to support black families in their school. It was interesting to see the dynamics of the conversation, you know, trying to get things accomplished and have people to understand the harm that is being done to a percentage of your student body. And uh, I think you did a, you're doing a good job. And to, to hear that you're following up, I think is important for our listening audience to understand and appreciate that because like I said, you got quite, quite a bit of airplay on, on the various, uh, local news channels. Yes, yes. It, it is important. I think that's one thing that is what I love about Levapsi. Um, and I also want to acknowledge Tracy Lewis, who's the vice president of the organization. Um, we really do our best to ensure that we follow up. Some issues may take a little longer for uh, individuals to see the results that they want. Right. Some issues require that parents and, the, and students, they might have opportunity to um, file different type, type of complaints with the state. Mm-hmm. Um, some families are going through some situations that are so egregious that they really should um, seek um, lawyer advice. Um, but we do our best as advocates to ensure that we follow up mm-hmm. and that we do our due diligence to, number one, ensure that parents 
and students have their voices heard. Mm -hmm. Because often what we're finding is from the complaints that we're getting from families Mm -hmm. that they're doing their part. They're calling the schools, they're calling the school leadership, they're making the complaints. But oftentimes families don't feel like that that customer service is there and that their concerns are being heard. Mm. Tell us about your organization again. And is there any recruitment that you're that you're attempting to do in terms of getting more folks involved? Absolutely. You know, we're always looking for volunteers um, to support the Las Vegas Alliance of Black School Educators. Mm-hmm. And um, the organization was originally founded in 1989 by the late Herschel Williams. Mm, yeah. And, um, you know, like you've already mentioned, Eva Simmons. So, you know, we give a lot of respect to Eva Simmons and also um, former trustee Dr. Young for their um, their work with Levapsi mm-hmm. in the past and continued support. Um, if anyone is interested in reaching out, you can always um, look at our website. It's levapsi.org. That's L-V-A-B-S-C.org. And however we can support families and, and students whenever they're having issues, mm-hmm. we're just an email away. And we, whenever we can show up, we do our best to come. Um, but volunteers are always essential mm-hmm. because parents like to see that the community has their back. And we've been able to um, partner. We've built like partnerships with other organizations in um, Nevada, like Vote Nevada, the mm. National Action Network. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been able to build partnerships with other organizations who are doing work in other spaces. Right. Just to show our families that, you know, when we when we say as a community, we're going to back you up, we mm. do our best to do that. So volunteers are important. Because if I could get volunteers to come to meetings, what that does is it shows the schools that we're bringing our grievances to is that these families or this particular family and our students have the community support. Community support is absolutely essential to getting things done. And and again, being heard by those who are in those leadership roles who have the the power to, to make significant changes that's going to be helpful to all ethnic groups. I think it's something that's vitally important. Now, one other thing is, as we're starting to wind down our time, I'm hearing that you are giving some consideration to office running for uh, one of the offices that deals with education. Is that true? That is true. So I am planning to run for the board of school trustees in district E Mm -hmm. and that area is some of the Summerlin, a little bit of Spring Valley, and some of the Blue Diamond area. So I look forward to, um, one, just introducing myself and um, to the community and, um, you know, sharing my platform mm-hmm. with um, the voters. But then, yes, that is my plan. Um, I am I'm working on my campaign plan now and getting started um, as we speak. <laughs> so, so why do you feel it's important for you in particular, to run for a trustee position? That's that's a great question. Um, I think, you know, I I definitely believe in timing. Um, I have been doing this work in in the educational space Mm -hmm. for for a while now, since I've restarted um, and reorganized Levapsi back in 2010. Right. Um, So we reorganized again in 2020. um, I've had an opportunity to really get my feet wet a little bit more and really to understand the concerns of the community. 
Um, as we all know, there are challenges across the country with education mm-hmm. and specifically here in the Clark County School District. Um, we are not, our student achievement mm-hmm. is below 50% in math and English language arts. Wow. And I think that this is a perfect opportunity for me to share my um, my knowledge and learning in the field of education. I think that I have um, like kind of like a leg up or a little advantage because I study education. Mm-hmm. I understand student achievement. I understand how to um, support our district in regards to um, providing some strategies for increasing um, student achievement. And I also, um, because I'm boots on the ground, I understand like the needs of our teachers, our right. students and our families. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a big time for me um, to really step in in this leadership role and to help support um, our district. All right. Thank you for your time. This is Camila Bywater. She's president of the BAPSI, the Black Alliance of School Educators. We appreciate your time and wish you well in your pursuit of office that you will go there and, and, and well represent, I believe, was it District D, you said? E, rather. District D. District right. E, yes. All right. Thank you for coming on as our guest. And uh, once again, this is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and more. And encourage you veterans out there who may need help to call Tony Marshall, our certified now service officer at 301-537-9465. All right, cuz. Thank you. Thank you so much.